welcome to episode 20 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 20. Okay, Blue Jays, let's play ball. We'll go one-on-one with Canadian baseball hero and World Series champion Rob Butler. Grand Slam selections. Father and son will share their bold predictions for MLB teams to watch. Grow, champs grow. We'll go gold, silver, bronze for flower-inspired athlete names. And we'll head for home on episode 20 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a did-you-know sports spotlight. And champs and chums, personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 20 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy April, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to this milestone episode, episode 20 of Champs and Chums. It's April, and uh, Ashton, how are you doing, my man? I am doing amazing. Well, isn't that a, uh, a star letter kind of a word? A for amazing, A for April, and uh, we got uh, double A on this side of the microphone, and, and uh, you as well, too, double A on this side of the microphone. How's that, Ashton? That's... That is just amazing. All star. There's another A for you. All right. Well, hope everybody's doing well. Thank you so much for joining us here on this milestone episode. Wow, Ashton, 20 episodes. We've hit next level, my man. Uh, Why don't you tell tell the listeners how you're feeling and uh, what you want to say to them? Well, I'm feeling feeling like um, we chased our dreams and we've... all started in the Brampton Recording Studio, and um, now we're here at home just because of the virus. But we want to thank you all for your support. Well, yeah, I heard a lot of great things there, Ash. And I mean, you know, geez, when we think back and dial back to the very first episode, even before we walked into what they call everybody a podcast studio... You know, it started with just sort of a kernel of an idea. Did you kind of want to go over it again, kind of how this was all born, Ash, and seeing how we're in our, I guess, uh, our our next uh, level, our 20th episode of Champs and Chums? Yeah. So one night, I believe it was, I'm not really sure what day. I think it was like a summer, August, August evening. Yeah, I Night, actually, yeah. 2019. 2019. um, I told my dad, I want to do a YouTube channel, and um, my dad came in and said, "What about a podcast?" And I'm like, "Okay," but I haven't, I haven't pretty much listened to uh, not a lot of podcasts at all. But um, one time when we were in Cuba, this was before COVID, um, my dad would listen to um, 
Well, I listen to yeah. a whole bunch of different podcasts, right? There's a lot of great ones out there that are long sports. And anyhow, it's not that I get dismissed your idea of having yeah. a YouTube channel because you, you very well could have your own YouTube channel for sure. It's just as we kind of got talking about it, everybody, and just sort of in Ashton's uh, room, that's kind of where the, the, the concept of a father-son podcast would start. And boy, then we started thinking of names and then we started to... Uh, show names and then we started connecting it in terms of um yeah you know what our interests are and, and um, then we try we found the logo and then we um yeah. wrote i look kind of a little yeah. bit uh, almost like losing most of my hair in that yeah. logo actually <laughs> but uh nonetheless everybody uh thank you so much as ashton mentioned for uh listening to uh our father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship that's how it was born that's where we were as we journeyed in the middle of all our shows. And here we are, 20th episode. First big bump of the show, Ashton. Well done. Okay, everybody. Um, so, at, well, Ashton, let's let's actually talk a bit about some of the... We've been continuing, obviously, because of um, uh, lockdown, as it were, here in, in Ontario, in our region, in Peel. We've been keeping up with some uh, sports, haven't we? Yep. What are some of the fun things that we've been doing? Well, um... Sadly, this year we went in lockdown, but um, it's okay because um, we've been keeping up with sports, and the sports are we've been playing hockey. We've been playing lots of ball hockey for yeah, sure. Yeah. I I love it. Um, and and your been, shot is getting much better. Yeah, I say too. from from the um hockey challenge. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think actually there's another one in order, don't you think? This coming up in the summer? Yeah, it oh. should happen. All right, good stuff. Tennis? We played tennis? Yep, we played great basketball Great social too. distance sport too, right? Yep, yeah, it's tennis. a great social distance sport. Basketball? Mm-hmm. But here's here's the, uh, the, the ones that we've been trying as well too. We've been doing um, something new because we found it around the house, everybody, a hacky sack. Yeah. So we've been kicking it up with our feet, as you know, at the, the uh, that's kind of an old pastime, an old fun little activity. But then we started limbering up with the hockey sack, almost throwing it in, in baseball style as well, too. Yep. But I... there was a reason why, Ashton, we were limbering up our, our pitching arm and why we were maybe working with our baseball swing. Did you want to give the, the listeners, our fans that are listening to episode 20 right now, a little sneak peek in terms of what's coming up on the show? All right. This player played for the Toronto Blue Jays, and his number was 23, if well, I'm right. No, actually, it was two. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it was two. And so let's go over this one again, right? Uh, so it was number two. Yeah. He played with the Blue Jays, and he's a World Series champion. Yep. So who's That's even greater detail. So who's coming up on the show, Ashton? Um, Canadian, um, baseball player, played for the Toronto Blue Jays, World Series champion, Rob Butler. That's right. That's going to be amazing. We've got Rob Butler coming up on the program. Uh, it's going to be, it's, it was a fantastic interview. I mean, obviously, uh, so grateful that we've had, uh, not obviously it's just someone who's, uh, starred for, uh, um, baseball in Canada, inspired a generation of young Canadians to play the great sport, but someone who actually sports a World Series ring, Ashton. Yeah, that's amazing. It sure is. And uh, so, yeah, check that out. That's coming up on this episode, episode 20. Rob Butler, 
of your Toronto Blue Jays will be on the show. Yep. All right, Ashton. Well, let's kick into our um, father-son free-for-all for Milestone Episode 20. And, you know, we've got a great guest coming up on our Best Of segment. That's Rob Butler of the Blue Jays. So I thought, actually, we should actually take a, um, a baseball um, theme. Yep. Because given here we are in April... It is the start. It is the opening month, everybody, of Major League Baseball. Yeah. So Ashton and I are going to give you our predictions of teams to watch. Teams to watch this season. Uh, take it to the bank. Gold picks. These are the teams to watch this season in Major League Baseball. We'll do it in typical father-son form here on Champs and Chums. Uh, gold, silver, and bronze. We'll start with our bronze. And Ashton, take it away. My bronze medal is the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, that's a great pick, the Tampa Bay Rays, Ashton. And uh, and why why do you think the Tampa Bay Rays have, uh, have an opportunity to do some big things here in 2021? Well, the Rays use 72 players who all contribute exactly. Um, Kevin Cash is was selected by the Cyclone and... Cyclone Empire yeah. as its new imperious leader, knowing that he could be replaced by a re- replacement or right. Well, I mean, you know, I think what you're sh- what you're trying to get across here to our our faithful listeners is that uh, Kevin Cash, obviously the manager, right? He was doing some great things there, wasn't he? Yep. You know, and um, what's what are they predicting? What's the projected number of wins that uh, we're thinking that the Tampa Bay Rays will win? 86 to 76. 86 wins. Wow, that yep. is pretty, pretty bold in itself. And, you know, when you think about it too, Ashton, I mean, you know, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, obviously, is, uh, is, is an interesting pick because they went all the way to the World Series, of course, uh, right? And they lost yep. to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So uh, that's good stuff. So that's Ashton's bronze for baseball's teams to watch. That's your Tampa Bay race. Okay, good stuff. Well, over to uh, to Dad uh, for my bronze medal. And um, this one has actually got a Blue Jay connection to it as well. Um, my bronze medal for baseball teams to watch is the Atlanta Braves. Now, Ashton, you might ask and say, why, why did I say that had a Blue Jay connection? Yeah, I wonder why. Well, I'll tell you why. Because the man at the helm, the vice president of baseball operations, is the former former GM, Double A, Alex Anthopoulos. Wow. You know, and I mean, when you look at um, all the off-season acquisitions that the uh, the Braves made, I mean, they picked up Charlie Morton, they picked up Drew Smiley, and that joins a rotation with Mike Soroka, with Max uh, Fried and um, uh, Ian Anderson. That's that's an anchor of a pitching staff right there, and of course, yeah. Um, you know, as I mentioned with, uh, with a double a there, if you will, uh, running the plays, um, uh, from, from, uh, just above, above the, uh, above the field, you've got great players like Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Jones. So that's my bronze medal for baseball teams to watch. Uh, there I'm, pro- I'm projecting 96 wins, everybody, 96 wins for the Atlanta Braves this year. And uh, you know what? That's not uh, 
that's not too bad. I mean, remember last year was a shortened year, right? They had 35 wins. They topped the National League East. There's my bronze medal, the Atlanta Braves. All right, Ashton, over to you with your silver medal for baseball teams to watch. My silver medal is the New York Yankees. Well, that is almost like a perennial pick, eh? Like every year the Yankees seem to be in the conversation. But why do you think the New York Yankees are going to to, uh, reign supreme this year? Well, it says uh, the projected record is 98 and 64. Well, 98 wins, yeah, 98 wins. 64 losses. Uh, but let's look at their rotation. Why don't you name some of those uh, those uh, aces uh, on their staff? Garrett Cole. Oh, yeah, he's a gem. Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber, yeah. Kluber, sorry. Yeah, he, you know, he's been oft injured, but there's a guy that won the Cy Young, yeah. Jameson. Jameson Tyon, yeah. Tyon. Great stuff. Louis Severino. Yeah, that's right. But look, what about those two batters right there? Aaron Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, that was a bit hard to pronounce. Well, that's but okay. Giancarlo Stanton. Well, I mean, that's a great pick, Ashton, right? Because, I mean, you know, almost top to bottom every year, the, the, the New York Yankees yeah. uh, have their stuff. If their pitching staff remains very healthy, I think the, uh, the New York Yankees are going to be a formidable, formidable team to, uh, to deal with. Uh, you know, of course... When you, when you look back at, uh, you know, they, they, they made it to the division series last year. Uh, they got beat out by the Tampa Rays, right, uh, th- uh, in, in the best of five, three games to two. So they're always in the conversation. So great pick. That's your silver medal. That is the New York Yankees. All right, over to Dad with my um, silver medal. And, you know, this is a team that a lot of the, the uh, prognosticators were expecting uh, big things from certainly um, last year and you know they made it to the division series they lost to the eventual uh, world series champion the uh, la dodgers but my silver medal is the san diego padres you got it everybody the san diego padres who uh, lots was expected of them last year lots expected of them this year uh, as i said made it to the division series uh, and losing to the eventual World Series champions in 2020. Um, I'm projecting they're going to win north of 90 games. Anytime you have a player like uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, in the lineup, uh, this guy is poised for incredible success. He's got the kind of bat, Ashton. He's got the kind of all, all-star all game that can put a whole team on his back and take him to the promised land. Um of course, you know what? They bolstered their pitching staff too, Ashton. They picked up Hugh Darvish, uh, and they've got Blake Snell, former Cy Young winner with the Tampa Rays. And of course, Manny Machado is always in the conversation in terms of one of the best pure hitters in the game. So that's my silver medal, the San Diego Padres. Ashton, over to you for your gold medal for baseball teams to watch. My gold medal is the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, is that more heart or is that uh, is that baseball uh, intelligence there? What what's that one all about? That's more heart for me. Yeah, well then but well, but you got to make a case, my friend. You just don't uh, you know um, uh, recognize someone as a gold medalist without giving yeah. some some ideas and proofs on why, right? Well, the projected record is 80 wins and 82 losses. Um 
Toronto's offensive emphasis, is that the word? Right, they're emphasizing offense, right? We know that, yeah. right? They got a lot of veteran starters, yeah. Um, but look at some of these bats, Ashton. Who, who, yep. Who's in there? Uh, name some of those uh, bats that they have there. Kirby Yates, Marcus Seaman. Marcus Semyon, what a Simeon. great pickup. Right? And my my one of my favorite um, Blue Jay players, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Well, yeah, and you got a jersey to prove that. That I know, right? So, yeah. um, well, listen, I mean, top to bottom, this Blue Jays lineup, and of course with the big a big addition of uh, free of um, free agent George Springer. Yeah. Right. Who's a, at the time of this recording, he's uh, he is injured right now. But I mean, they're going to take their time on him. This guy is a uh, a consummate pro. He's um, you know he's, he's he's got everything. He's got the the fielding. He's got the hitting. Uh, he's got the great energy, and obviously starred uh, for a number of years with the Houston Astros. But um, yeah, gold medal. All right, I can give you a little bit on that. But I, I think their pitching is is got a big question mark. But we'll see. Yeah. But I do hope, obviously, because we all know we'd love to get back to the Rogers Center and. Uh, check out uh, some ball games uh, right in the stands take me out to the ball game if you will all right it's over to dad with my uh, gold medal and um i don't know this one kind of was an easy one for me because they're such a solid team in fact they're the defending world series champions my gold medal for baseball teams to watch is the los angeles dodgers ashton uh, what do you think of that pick well i think that's an amazing pick well, yeah. Now, why? Why do you think that's an amazing pick, Ashton? Well, I mean, they won the World Series this year, and they worked hard for it as well. Well, they sure did, and I mean, they've got an all-star caliber lineup, right? I mean, you know, yeah. they've got guys like Mookie Betts. I mean, he's a all-round player. Uh, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, let's not forget about him. And, of course, they bolstered an already impressive pitching staff, Ashton, with the... Um, you know, uh, you know they got Walker Bueller, uh, Clayton Kershaw, right? Um, yeah, so they 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 actually, uh, you know, pitching staff top to bottom, they're just an incredible team. So um, you know, I'm predicting they're going to win over a hundred games this year. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they're going to win over a hundred games this year. So there it is, everybody. Father son free for all round one concludes with dad's selection of baseball teams to watch, gold medalist, take it to the bank, Los Angeles Dodgers. Good stuff. All right, everybody, it's now time for father-son free-for-all round two. So, Ashton, um, you know, I kind of, I, we are kind of talking about this one, right? I mean, uh, the weather's getting warmer. People are getting out into the nurseries, obviously safe and social distance as well, too. And... Um, I thought it would be kind of neat to talk about flower-inspired athlete names. What do you think about that? And why do you think it's such a great time to talk about that? Well, um, it's a great time because flowers are growing. And um, I love flowers. Um, what know, kind of flowers look. do you like, Ashton? Roses. I mean, I've never really seen a Oh, you're, you're a, a romantic guy. You like the roses, eh? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Great stuff. All right, everybody. Well, let's get into it. Father, son, free-for-all round two, flower-inspired athlete names. Ashton, who is your bronze medalist? 
My bronze medalist is Jalen Rose. Ooh, I see what you did there. And you did say Rose was your favorite flower. Jalen Rose, good one. Tell the fans at home uh, more about Jalen Rose. Well, he was born January 30th, 1973 in Detroit, Michigan. Um, he His career history... Um, he played in 94 to 96 Denver, with the Denver Nuggets, 96 to 2002 with the Indiana Pacers, 2002 to 2004 with the Chicago Bulls, 2004 to 2006 with the Toronto Raptors. Look at that. He played with the Raps. Yep. A 2006 with the New York Knicks. And to end off his career, 2006 to 2007 with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, but Ashton, let's look at this here. Let's dial back a little bit. He was in 94, selected in the first round of the NBA draft, 13th overall, right? Yeah. Uh, he was selected by the Denver Nuggets. But let's even dial back further here. If we look at some of the good uh, information about um, about Jalen Rose, he was part of that uh, legendary Fab Five from the University of Michigan. So that was, um, you know, the, the great starting lineup for, for Michigan in college ball days. And so it was uh, himself, Chris Weber, Jawan Howard, Ray Jackson, and another former Raptor, Jimmy King. Did you know that? I did not know that. All right, good stuff. Well, yeah, great, uh, great bronze medalist. Uh, that, and, and look, look at uh, here uh, when we talk about uh, Jalen Rose. Uh, NBA all-rookie team as well, too. So great job. Uh, that's Ashton's bronze medalist, Jalen Rose. Over to Dad for my bronze medal. How about this one, everybody? I'm going into the hockey arena, and I'm going to select my bronze medalist, Derek Plant. You get that, Ashton? Yep, I good, get it. Good stuff. Derek Plant is my bronze medalist. He was a hockey player. He played for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, he might have actually played there when I was with the Leafs, actually, in, in the media and PR department. Dallas Stars, Chicago Blackhawks, Philadelphia Flyers. He is 50 years old now. Wow. Derek Plant. And wow. um, Yeah, he was, um, he was originally drafted, Ashton, by the Sabres. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was much... Um, much uh, recognized, of course, for his great college play at the University of uh, Minnesota Duluth. He's had a um, he had an opportunity to represent the U.S. at the '94 Winter Olympics. So there you go. That's my uh, bronze medalist. And look at some of the goals here, everybody. Twenty-seven goals was his high, and that happened in 1996-97, which that that actually connects because I was with the, the the Leaf team at that time. So there you go, Derek Plant, my bronze medalist for flower-inspired athlete names. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. My silver medal is Sunny Gray. That's kind of a really creative one there, Ashton. What's the connection? Flower-inspired? Well, in April, it's sunny, and you need sun to grow um, flowers, plants, so it's a good connection. This kind of connects to an old STEM project I think you did, didn't you, way back? Yeah, I think it was, um, on plants, I believe. That's right, I do remember this. It's all, it's all connects, as you always say, right? So you need sunshine, right? But you also don't need it to be hot all the time. You need a little bit of cloud and, and gray. But let's talk about the pitcher, Sunny Gray. Well, um, he is a pitcher. 
Uh, he was born November 7th, 1989. Um, he bats right and throws How right. How many wins did he get in his career? Well, 75? He, yeah, 75 wins and 63 losses. How many strikeouts over his career? He got 1,066. Wow, and, and still going too, right? Because he's still playing, right? Yep. Who's he playing with right now? Um... He's playing with the Cincinnati Reds. You got it. Any other uh, uh, MLB teams he, he starred for before? He starred for the Oakland Athletics and the New York Yankees. And speaking of star, it looks like he was, uh, it sounds like he was also an all-star two times. Yep, two times in 2015 and 2019. That's Ashton's silver medal, Sonny Gray. All right, over to Dad for my uh, uh, silver medal. And I'm going to go back to the baseball diamond, Ashton. And this actually uh, is, is close to home because, again, we have uh, Rob Butler coming up on the show, a, a former Blue Jay, uh, World Series champion, that is Rob Butler. So my silver medal for flower-inspired athlete names is Ted Lilly. Wow. How about that one, Ashton? Yeah, that's a good one. I got really creative on that one, a lily plant, right? But um, anyhow... Uh, Ted Lilly, a pitcher, former pitcher for, um, uh, geez, multiple teams here. He, uh, broke into the majors playing with the Mon Montreal Expos. Didn't know that. Then he moved on to the New York Yankees, uh, played with the Oakland Athletics, moved on for, um, a couple seasons with the, uh, Toronto Blue Jays, of course. And, um, yeah, I mean, he was actually, that trade everybody, so uh, he came in from the athletics, and going the other way was Bobby Kelty, just for you uh, baseball enthusiasts. Um, uh, Ted, Ted Lilly went to play for the Chicago Cubs, and he ended his career uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, two-time All-Star. Ted Lilly, 130 wins over his major league career, and he struck out almost 1,700, Ashton in his wow. career that's amazing ted Lilly, my silver medalist for flower inspired athlete names all right ashton it's now time for the um for uh the best flowers to rise to the top it's now time for our gold medalist um who is your gold medalist for episode 20 well i will try to say this in my best french accent ever my gold medalist is guy lefleur Wow, and what an amazing uh, uh, a French uh, accent that you brought there. Say that again. Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur. Well, tell all the fans about Guy Lafleur, and I got a story for you after that. Well, he was born September 20th, 1951 in Thurso, Quebec, Canada. Uh, he, he played play for? for the Montreal Canadiens, New York Rangers, and Quebec Nordiques. Uh, his national team's Canada. He was drafted first overall in 1971 to the Montreal first Canadiens. Overall. Wow. Yep. And his playing career went um, till he he played to um, he started playing in 1971 to 1985 then um his last few years were 1988 to 1991 well i mean he had the cannonading shot i, yeah. I mean he was the first player in the national hockey league history to score 50 goals in six consecutive seasons ashton 
as well as 50 goals and 100 points in six consecutive seasons. So uh, Guy Lafleur was all offense for sure. Um, and I, I grew up watching him. In fact, some breaking news here, everybody. As you know, as most of you might know, I, I did work uh, proudly with the Toronto Maple Leafs in, uh, in media and PR for um, three, and a, three and a half years, almost four years, Ashton. And, uh, and that was in 96 to uh, 99 stretch. And um, uh, however, everybody, my favorite player growing up was Ashton's gold medalist, Guy Lafleur. That is amazing. Well, isn't it surprising though? Yeah, it is surprising. I mean, because I am a Leaf fan, right? Yeah. But I just, you know, I grew up obviously. You're a, uh, you're a Montreal fan. I can call you that now. Well, I don't know if I'm a Montreal Canadiens <laughs> fan. I don't know if anybody could be um, uh, fans of both those teams. I think you have to be on either side of the fence on that one. But uh, yeah, as I was a young boy, I still remember actually the 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 great commercial. I think it was a CCM commercial where he was, uh, Guy Lafleur was in the skate. He was in a skate boot in this commercial. It was back in uh, clearly the late 70s, early 80s. And my that was my gold medal, Guy Lafleur. Wow, you like saying that. Yeah, I do, actually do. Do it's, you like French at school? Yeah, I mean, I learned French. It's uh, some, some of my friends say it's not really the best subject, but I, I actually kind of like it because if you're working at a job and someone's French there, you're going to have to learn French or else you won't know um, what they're trying to say. or Spoken like a true yeah. scholar, spoken like a man who knows where it's going. So, uh, uh, Gagné, Guy Lafleur, well done, Ashton. Uh, and you know, you obviously you have a French background too. As much yeah. you have such a wonderful mix, right? Your culture and obviously with uh, with uh, mum's uh, uh, background, right? Being from New Brunswick and uh, obviously French uh, immersed in that as well too within the family, right? So that's a wonderful yeah. thing, right? Uh, um, excellent. Bon. Okay. Good stuff. That's Guy Lafleur, Ashton's gold medalist. Now it's over to Dad for my gold medalist for flower inspired. Uh, athlete names, and he was a great as it related to playing on the baseball field. My gold medalist, Pete Rose, and I picked up on because I know you like Rose Ashton. Yeah. So Pete Rose, um, on the field, tremendous baseball player. He actually managed as well too, Ashton. But he was a switch hitter. His uh, first ever game was for the Cincinnati Reds, April eighth, nineteen sixty three. He ended his career. With the Cincinnati Reds in August 17th, 1986, he left the game with 4,256 hits. He's the all-time leader, right, uh, in the major leagues for hits, over 4,200. He's the all-time leader in games played with over 3,500 at bats, 14,053 singles and outs. He won three World Series titles, three batting titles, one of most valuable player, two gold gloves. Wow, this this man has had a decorated career on the field. Yeah, that's Pete Rose. And did you know Ashton? He played for the Cincinnati Reds, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Montreal Expos. I did not know that. Seventeen-time All Star, three-time World Series champion, MVP in the year I was born, nineteen seventy-three. So there you go, everybody. That's my gold medalist for flower-inspired athlete names. Pete Rose. 
Ashton, you're going to take us to break on Milestone Episode 20. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-son fun talk. You're listening to episode 20 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our best of segment. And we are putting the capital C in champs with our special guest for the fans this month. Hey, Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready to go yard with our best for episode 20? Sure am. Are you ready to round third and head for home here on Champs and Chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest is an eternal inspiration to Canadian baseball. The pride of East York, Ontario achieved his boyhood dream, reaching the major leagues in 1993, playing for his hometown Toronto Blue Jays. His debut year was a magical one, where he paired his talents with determination to become the first-ever World Series champion from Canada with the Blue Jays. That same year, he was honored with the prestigious Tip O'Neill Award, Canadian Baseball Player of the Year for his individual and team accomplishments. Our special guest baseball career is headlined by Major League Experience with the Blue Jays, the Philadelphia Phillies, and Houston Astros. He also starred with the Toronto Maple Leafs of the Intercounty Baseball League, winning batting titles and a league championship over five seasons. Blazing base pass and patrolling the outfield, he also included time representing Canada's national team as a player and serving as a coach. Our special guest continues to serve the game he loves as a coach and mentor. His accomplished baseball academy operates in Ajax, Ontario under his legendary name. The academy enshrines the values of high performance, academic opportunity, and youth development on and off the field. Ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to be joined by Canadian baseball hero and World Series champion, Rob Butler. Rob, welcome to Champs and Chums. Wow, that was a, that was a great intro. Thank you very much for having me, and that was, uh, that was very nice. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. Ashton and I are so delighted to have you on and so richly deserving with um, all your wonderful accomplishments over your baseball c- career. Uh, this is... Uh, this is a great treat for uh, for my chum Ashton here, but an extra great treat for uh, for his dad. That's me uh, because uh, I've watched you play uh, and star for the Blue Jays and that wonderful st- uh, All Star laden team and all the great things you've done representing the country and the pride of East York. And it's so great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Well, Rob, let's get into the uh, fun father-son talk. Uh, wind up here with our opening pitch, if you will. It's Dad over here on this side of the broadcast chair. And uh, would love for you to share with the listeners uh, your early ambitions to play baseball at the amateur and professional level. And, you know, just be coming, uh, just before coming on air with you, I w- would like you to describe for the listeners that feeling of playing in your first major league game. I believe it was the the venerable old Tiger Stadium, June 12, 1993. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, growing up in Toronto, everybody kind of... Uh, and I was a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Obviously, I love playing hockey, and I always played hockey in our yard. And 
you know, me and my brother and my dad were always on frozen ponds doing what we could to play hockey, but I just loved baseball. Uh, I used to score keep games when I was eight and nine years old. I used to score keep Blue Jay games. I have old, old score books of me um, with Kansas City Royals. I used to love Willie Aikens and George Brett and the Milwaukee Brewers with Larry Heisel and Ben Ogilvie and all these guys who were, I don't know. I, it was just in my blood for some reason to love baseball. And, you know, I was lucky that I had a brother who was very talented, a very good athlete. And friends who loved playing, um, we used to play this wall ball game at the schoolyard. We draw a little um, batter's box on the wall of the school, and with a tennis ball, and it was a game called Burby. And right. it was a chance for us. We didn't need not, we didn't need 18 players to play. We only needed two. And it was usually me against my brother or me against some, some of our friends. And that's kind of where I, I really learned to love hitting and pitching and you know just all the parts of the game that I didn't even know what I was doing. None of us knew what we were doing. We were Canadian. Right? We're a Canadian playing an American game that we weren't really supposed to grow up in love and be in our blood the way it was. And um, I would always go to old Exhibition Stadium. I would sneak into the subway at Main Street Station at Main Danforth where I lived and get down, get down and watch the games in the $2 seats that I got from Dominion. And I loved watching all my old favorite Blue Jays, Ernie Witt, Garth Orge, uh, Barry Bunnell, uh, Jim Clancy, Dave Steve. Dave Steve was one was my favorite baseball player uh, growing up. I always wanted to be him. And it, it was funny because I never really thought I'd ever be a major leaguer because that just seemed way out of this world. But I always wanted to play for Team Canada. I always wanted to be an Olympian. I always wore Olympic gear. I always, you know, my friends at school used to always make fun of me because I used to always wear the things with the rings on my pants and on my shirts, and I was wearing these Team Canada things and. They used to say that I would never be an Olympian, and I would say, well, that's the greatest motivator is you telling me or telling anybody that they can't do something. So I went to the gym every day. I ran every day. I swam every day. My dad, who was a great mentor in my life, uh, he loved bodybuilding and working out, and he ran the Toronto Marathon five times, and he just taught us how to take care of our bodies. And, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old, all of a sudden, I had a chance to play on Team Canada. I had my first tryout with the junior national team, and we ended up going to South Dakota, um, <clears throat> where I ended up making the team. But then I also made the Olympic team that year in 1988 as an 18-year-old, which was totally unexpected. But something that I had literally did actually live and dream dream about my my whole like young life at the time. I was only in grade 12, and you know, not really thinking I would be an Olympian that year. I thought maybe when I was 22, but somehow it happened when I was 18, and you know, the rest is history after that. That's amazing. And, uh, you, you know, you mentioned mentors. Uh, I wonder if you can talk a bit, too, about that first major league game. Uh, I think it was at Tiger Stadium, wasn't it, Rob? Yes. Yeah. And you did ask that question, and, I, you know, I get, I, I get off on tangents. When I start no, not at all. This is sorry, just sorry. amazing talk. No, please. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's, let's take the listeners uh, through that experience. I mean, you're up at the plate. I think, actually, was it Mike Moore that, that, was, that you faced? It was Mike Moore. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually looking at the picture on my wall right now. Amazing. My family took a picture of me at Tiger Stadium. I can see me at bat. I can see the time. The time stamp is 7.33. It's June, June 13th. I can see Alan Trammell at third base. Devon White's on deck. The stadium is full. There's wow. 48,000 people there. Wow. Um, the night before, I was just in Syracuse playing in front of 1,000 people in wow. freezing cold weather. And it was a doubleheader. And I got called up in the middle of the doubleheaders. And the funny thing was, when I got called up, normally 
the tradition of baseball is the manager of your team, the coach of your team will tap you on the shoulder after the game and say, I need to meet you in my office. I got something I want to talk to you about. And they would say, you're going to the big leagues, right? Congratulations. Uh, somehow, because I guess maybe because it was a doubleheader, they posted it on the scoreboard. I was, co- I was actually coaching first base just for something to do because I wasn't playing in the second game. Yeah. And on the scoreboard, they announced that I got called up to the big leagues. Unbelievable. And I was like, this isn't the way it normally happens. And Nick Leva was our manager in Syracuse at that time, and he went crazy. Oh. He was so happy for me, <laughs> oh, but yeah. he was so mad because the tradition of the coach telling the player yes. didn't get to happen for him. But anyways, don't care. I'm going to Detroit. So the next day, I'm in Detroit. Um, my first day in the big leagues. And it's, it's funny because like um, when I was telling you before about routines and you know, things that players go through every day, all of that changed for me because I didn't know what it was like to be a major leaguer. I didn't know that, you know, I just, in the minor leagues, you, you stand for every national anthem. You do not miss a national anthem. You're out on the field. You do your warm-up 20 minutes before the game. But in the big leagues, they don't all do that. So when I was in the clubhouse, I was looking at Roberto Alomar freaking out. I'm looking at Joe Carter freaking out. I'm looking at Paul Mulder freaking out. I wore number four my first year in the minor leagues for Paul Mulder because he's one of my favorite players going up to. And I missed the national anthem for the first time in – uh, that would have been my third professional season. I missed a, I missed the national anthem, and it was my first day in the big leagues. So my whole my 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 whole routine was completely changed from what I was used to. So of course, when you do that to a, a professional athlete, you think you're going to have a bad game because you know your routines are all all messed up. Anyways, I go out to uh, I go out to play left field. And I could not feel my feet. Yeah. It was. I felt like my body was 500 pounds. Oh, I was very. I, could, I I was nervous before every game I've ever played in my life, even as a peewee and a tyke in East York. Yeah. But playing in the major leagues and looking at the crowd, they tell you not to look at the crowd, but of course I was staring at the crowd because there's all these Canadian flags. There are so many Canadians go to Detroit to watch the game. Sure. And I remember tipping my hat because they gave me a standing ovation in left field and up in the left field bleachers in Detroit because it was just all Canadians. And it was like, it was, it was the most surreal, unbelievable, happy, crazy, exciting moment of my, my life was playing that first inning in the outfield and looking over at Devon White, who's like, I mean, obviously a hero of everyone in Canada because he was so amazing. And just like, it, it's so hard to explain how exciting and the goosebumps you feel and the fact that you're so nervous that you can't really move properly and all these things are happening so fast, but you're trying to enjoy it and concentrate and be a major leaguer. You know what I mean? It's, it's tough. Well, you, you gave me thrills and chills just hearing you, and the listeners are going to be the great beneficiary of this uh, at the time of recording when they hear this on what it was like for you. I mean, it was one to remember for sure, and uh, just um, a tremendous description, Rob, of what it would be like to play in your first major league uh, game. Great insights for our Champs and Chums fans. Um, uh, Rob, I wanted to ask you about mentors, and I did hear you in our great opening uh, pitch, our chat, if you will, talk about mentors, and you mentioned your dad, who was quite uh, uh, involved in athletics. I, I think you mentioned even weightlifting and marathons as well, too. So I wanted to ask you about um, who were your greatest mentors in life. I heard you talk about Rich, too, but would love for you to talk more about either them or others, maybe in, in and around the game or even outside the game that helped build success for you as a player and then also as a person on and off the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's funny how... Um... It's funny how when you're young and you're coming up and you watch your uh, your heroes, people you can't wait to watch on TV, like 
for me was Dave Steve or it was, like I said, George Brett or watching old highlights of Lou Gehrig and Mickey Mantle playing. I, I, we always, me and my brother loved the history of baseball. So we always wanted to imitate them, be like them, you know, cause we wanted to be, we wanted to be major league baseball players. And so I, I mean, I absolutely loved the Toronto Blue Jays. I was, I, I listened to every game. I, I would miss days of school to watch spring training games on TV because those were the day games. And, you know, so to watch, I mean, I'd, I'd have to, I mean, I hate to admit it, but I would play hooky to watch spring training baseball games because I couldn't wait to see um, <clears throat> Willie Upshaw, uh, Willie Upshaw hitting. I used to pretend I was Willie Upshaw. I love Jesse Barfield, Lloyd Mosby. And, but there, when, when you get older and you're now my age and you talk about things like this and you start to say who really impacted and affected and affected your life and was the real mentors in your life. It's my mom and dad, my brother. Mm-hmm. My, mom, my mom and dad were unbelievable what they sacrificed for me. We were, you know, we grew up in Ontario housing, uh, I'm in Danforth. You know, my, we didn't have a lot of money, but we didn't know or care. You know what I mean? It didn't mean anything to us. Me and my brother just loved getting outside and playing sports and, you know, doing just, just being kids. So it didn't matter that. You know, my dad, we didn't even know. My dad was struggling to, you know, pay the rent or pay the pay, just to do things, right, to put us in sports and sacrificing because they never bought themselves anything. They always bought me and Rich a bat or hockey sticks or, you know, things that would help us be what we wanted to be, you know. And in the meantime, you know, my mom is running 5K marathons. My dad's running the actual Toronto Marathon. and He's down in the weight room in our basement that he built himself just with old cement weights and old racks that he welded together at his work. And just took care of his body all the time and always, you know, he never missed a day. He's just always, he, he taught us routine and how, how to always be, um, you know, give everything that you got what you're doing. And, you know, he never missed a day of work. My mom, you know, they, they just did things that were truly professional, but they were my, they were my parents. And things you don't notice when you're a kid. You know, I'm, I'm wanting to see Dave Steve, but the greatest hero in my life is actually sitting beside me every night and is showing me how I'm supposed to live and how I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to take care of myself if I want to be successful and, you know, do, live right and do things the right way. It, it all came from my mom and my dad. Outstanding. Uh, Rob, I'm going to pass the, uh, the interview questions uh, on this great chat already on uh, episode 20, best of segment, to my chum Ashton. Ashton, take it away, my man. Rob, you've inspired a generation of Canadian kids throughout your baseball career. Can you share some of your personal career highlights? Well, that's that's very nice of you to say. Obviously, Ashton, um, I've always tried to uh, be a leader by example, I would say. Someone who always hustled, always, you know, gave it everything I got, you know, dove for balls, crashed into the wall, did, did anything I could for my team, something I also learned from you know, my dad who would do everything he could for just to be a good teammate. He always told me, you got to be a great teammate. And, you know, I got to play on the Olympic team. Um, I was younger than everybody else. I was 18. Everybody else was either in college, in their 20s. And it was hard for me. I had a, I, I had a very difficult time leaving home. I'd never left home before. And all of a sudden, I'm going to the, to the Netherlands, and we're going to Italy to play in the World Championships, and, we're playing, and I'm playing in the, on the starting center fielder in the Olympics. And it's just... I, it's just some, I never thought of it as being that I would inspire anybody. I never thought I would inspire anybody because I just love playing. I just love being a baseball player and playing baseball every day. It was never about uh, I want to inspire someone else or, or doing like that because I just, I just loved it so much. And I guess through the, through the fact that, you know, some people like my style of playing. I wore my socks really high like the old baseball players. I wanted to, I wanted to be like the 1920 Yankees. And 
you know, I played hard every chance I could. I never, you know, I, I never took it for granted whenever I played baseball. I, I, I was always, I was always that gritty kind of no power, but get on base, score runs, set up for my teammates. You know, that, that was just my job and I loved doing it every single day. Rob, what are some of the greatest lessons and words of advice your dad, Frank, shared with you? I think um, some of the greatest lessons I learned playing baseball was when times were when times were not easy, when you're away from home and you're homesick and you're and you're missing your family and things that are important to you uh, kind of come to light as to what's the most important thing. And you know, I'd call home. My mom and dad always take the collect call, and they'd always say, you know, you got to you always got to embrace what you have, right? You you got a chance. You're playing baseball in in you're getting paid to play baseball, something you would never expect to do, but you got to embrace what you're doing and, and love every minute of it and never take it for granted because it goes so fast, right? And, you know, obviously when you're a kid and you're like, oh, it's not going so fast, this is taking forever. And now I'm 50 years old and I'm like, I, I can't believe I've been out of baseball for 25 years. Um, and, and just learning from that because when the time came when I got released for the first time, I got cut and got released I always went back. The first person I called was my dad, and the first thing he would say was, well, someone else is going to give you a chance because you love baseball and you're a good teammate, and they know this. And it always seemed to happen. Everything my dad always seemed to say to me seemed to come true. You know, and I always argued with my dad and I always told my dad, he's not right, you're, not, you're wrong. But everything he's ever said to me has been true. It's, it's unbelievable how your parents actually, at the end of the day, are so right about so many things when you're growing up. That's amazing. That's amazing, Rob. Uh, Rob, um, we uh, with all of our best of guests, we've we've asked the question, and getting the athlete perspective is amazing. And you've been obviously evidence of that, being part of some outstanding, legendary championship teams. Uh, we talk a lot on Champs and Chums about the importance of camaraderie in sports. Uh, would love to hear it from your perspective and how important that is as part of your days uh, in baseball. Well, com camaraderie is everything. It's that chemistry. It's that undescribable thing that a team has with their with their players. You know, where your guys are, they're your best friends. They're they become your family. They become the people you rely on. And you know, you talk about everything. You you can when when you're feeling great, you talk about what's feeling great. When you're feeling down, they're there to pick you up and pat you on the back and say, you know, we'll get through this together. And you're you're when you're all trained. And you all come from the same place of what, what's the most important thing is, is that it's, it's not winning and losing. It's actually the teammates that you're sitting beside and playing with on the field and, you know, running out on the field together. It makes baseball so much more fun because everybody cares about you. They know what you did. I love that my teammates could come to me and say, I know what you did on that second at bat, on that second fastball to hit up the middle. You know, and I would say the same thing to Carlos Delgado and Sean Green who were my great friends coming up in the minor leagues, you know, they were my roommates and we played together for three and four years. And we really had that camaraderie coming up. Um, they're the reasons why when I was a pro, why it was easier for me to get to the big leagues because we developed such strong friendships. And when things were, and when things were ever hard or, you know, I could always call them, you know, back then there was no cell phones and no email. So you had to actually physically call someone on the phone and say, you know, I'm sucking today. And they were always there for me. We're always there for each other, to pick each other up and make each other feel like it's okay. It's okay to be 0 for 10, 
that things will be better soon. Right. And that's what, that's what makes the team great. That's what makes the team win. And when I got to the Blue Jays in 93, John Olerud and Darnell Coles, they, they, uh, Dix Goldfield was my best friend on the bench. Um, you know, always rooting me on because he was hurt when I got called up. But right away they, they came to me and kind of, they kind of knew that I was a little bit unique because I was a rookie, uh, for in the major leagues, which is, which is hard. It's not easy to be a rookie in the major leagues for anybody. Uh, I was in, I was playing in front of my hometown. You know, I, I got people bugging me for tickets. People want to do interviews. People want to know why I'm playing baseball. People want to know why I'm a Canadian playing baseball. How do they make it? What do you do differently? What do you eat for breakfast? And those guys, like, they shielded me and protected me and taught me the right things to say and to focus on the team and to make sure that, you know, the team always came first and everything you do is about, is, is about for them and it makes playing easier. Because as soon as you start to make it about yourself, there's a different kind of feeling, different way you're treated, and you're going to get separated from the crowd, and you don't want to do that when you're on a team like that with Paul Mulder and Joe Carter and Devo, Dave Stewart, who, you know, when they speak, like, you, you, you freeze and you're, and you're listening, and you, you don't take your eyes off of them because everything they say is so important. And they have this power where all 25 people and all the energy that they have is, like, one. And that's why that team was so good. Because you could, you could see it. Everybody loved each other. Everybody was there for each other. And whether I had, hadn't played a game in my life, it was my first game, and Paul Mulder was playing in his 2,500th baseball game, whatever it was, it, it, we all were the same. We were, we were actually all the same and equal, and we took care of each other. And that's, and that's how you win. And that's, and that's what happened. We ended up winning. Rob, who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why? Some of my favorite athletes of all time. Goodness, there's so many, so many. One would be Wayne Gretzky for sure. I loved Wayne Gretzky. I'm mad that I didn't get to watch him play as much as I wish we could have because he played in Edmonton, and they weren't always on TV. But I got to meet Wayne Gretzky, and I got to tell him how I loved watching him play and how fun it was to watch him be as good as he was. And, you know, the impact he had on me and my brother because we all want to be Wayne Gretzky. Not even just as a hockey player, but just as the way he was. He always was good in interviews. He always talked to everybody. He was always there was, he was just a good person who was the best in the world at hockey. So he's one. Uh, Dave Steve was another one. Dave Steve was probably the, my most favorite Blue Jay of all time. Um, I pretended I was him when I was pitching in that Burby game. Mm-hmm. And he came down when I was in A-ball and I was in Florida State League. He was on an injured, um, <clears throat> he's on a DL assignment where he's coming back. He was rehabbing in Dunedin. And I was playing center field and Dave Steve was on the mound. That was my first opportunity to see a major leaguer up close and my favorite major leaguer of all time. And I can still remember standing in center field with tears in my eyes and Sean Green coming over me going, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm playing center field for Dave Steve, man. Oh, wow. Amazing <laughs> story, Rob. <laughs> Oh yeah, Steve could definitely throw. Uh, what was that? Game? What was that book he had? Uh, almost perfect or something? Someday I'll be perfect. Yeah. I think wasn't it? Yeah, tomorrow I'll be perfect. Tomorrow I'll be perfect. That's right. Yeah. Oh man, amazing, amazing, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it was. Uh, that was. That was one of my. That was one of my favorite standout games. You know, there's some parts of your life are just really like they're visual and you see them forever. That's one of them. Like, we'll never forget playing that game with him for the first time. Oh wow, amazing. Rob, you've done amazing things with the Butler Baseball Academy. Can you share uh, to the listeners more about the academy and how you help young players develop their skills? 
Well, when I was playing baseball, uh, I always knew I wanted to teach baseball to kids or just show them how to play properly. Um, so I knew at the end of my baseball career uh, that this would be something I would want to do. So I started a batting cage. Uh, my brother uh, was there with me. And it wasn't called Butler Baseball at the beginning. It was called Home Run Baseball Academy. I don't know why, since we, it didn't make any sense to call it that. So we ended up changing its name to Butler Baseball. Uh, I think it's because we were kind of shy and didn't want to feel like we were being kind of um, presumptuous by having our name out there so much. You know what I mean? We're, we were trained to be kind of humble and shy and, you know, it's the way you have to be. You don't want to bring too much attention to us. So anyways, we ended up changing Butler Baseball because we became confident enough finally in our abilities to, uh, to be true mentors in baseball. And by that I mean when the kids come in, and we've been doing this since – I've been doing this since 2000. Um, which is just unbelievable thing. It's 20, 21 years now. Uh, just to teach the kids that it's a long process, that whether you're a house leaguer, whether you're a slow pitch player, whether you're an elite baseball player who's going to play in a national team or go to the profession or go to the pros, everybody plays the game the same way. Nothing is different. There's no because you play house league, you play this way, or because you're going to be a major leaguer, you play this way. Everybody is everybody plays the same, and. The one thing that we didn't have as kids was someone to teach us fundamentals, uh, how, how to actually play baseball. You know, we, there, was no, there, wasn't, there wasn't very many Canadians around who played baseball at a high level. There really wasn't any, to be honest. You know, my dad coached us a little bit, and he didn't know anything about baseball. He knew how to, how to do a bench press, but he didn't know one thing about hitting a fastball. But he, was, but he was a good coach because he just let us play, and he let us develop, and he let us learn. And that was the main thing that me and my brother learned about teaching baseball was that it's a long process and you got to be dedicated to it. You got to deal with the success and the failure and the failure isn't something that you let, I let you slow you down. You actually learn every time you make a mistake, you learn from that mistake and you take it to the next pitch or the next throw or the next ground ball that's hit to you. And that's how you play baseball properly. It isn't, you know, worrying every minute about everything that happens. It's actually problem solving and figuring out the next time this happens, this is what I'm going to do. And that's, what we love about our teaching is that the kids learn how to play the game. Every pitch, every pitch is important. And, you know, just how to, how to play the game the right way. And we've always said, you're playing the game the right way now. You know, it's always hustle. It's always pick up your teammates, always high fives. It's always pats on the back. You're listening to episode 20 of the Champs and Chums podcast. This is our best of segment. We're here with Toronto Blue Jay and World Series champion Rob Butler. It's Anthony and Ashton, the broadcast chair. This has been an amazing best of segment already. And Rob, we have time for a few more questions we want to share with you on this fun father-son chat. Um, You'd mentioned... um, uh, the, the great work, and Ashton uh, mentioned that too, the amazing work that's happening over at the Butler Baseball Academy. We want to share some information with our fans, certainly uh, butlerbaseballacademy.com uh, as their website. You'll learn more about the great things Rob and his team are doing to develop Canada's next stars and also on social at Butler Prospects. Um, but this next question, I think uh, is you're definitely a noted authority on this, having played the game in pro and now lending a hand to develop uh, um, uh, the next generation of stars. Where is Canadian baseball at right now, Rob? And, and where can it go? Baseball, baseball in Canada is is actually unbelievable in what is happening for Canadian baseball players. There are so many more Canadians playing in college in the states, 
college in Canada, the university baseball here has grown, it's competitive, it, it's an amazing place for the kids to get an education and play good baseball. There's a lot of the, the national teams are, are doing fantastic with all the talent across Canada. Um, the first Team Canada team that I played on in 88, I think had seven or eight major league guys end up playing the major leagues down the road, which hadn't happened before. So I think that there was a, a, a Canadian wave that came um, when I was uh, uh, coming up in, in high school and then when I was 18 and 19 years old because there wasn't, there wasn't any scouting going on in Canada. There was no scouts coming to our games and watching Canadians play because no one believed in America that Canadians were good enough to play baseball against at the professional level. There was no signing bonuses for Canadians. Um, like me and my brother signed for $5,000. I played in the national on the Olympic team against Team USA, and all their players signed for 185,000, 200,000. There was just this whole feeling from American scouting and that we were behind because the snow is here, the weather is bad. But they never took into account the greediness of Canadians. Every 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 coach I've ever played for always tells me the Canadians, we love them, they work hard, they're gritty, they're just something different about them, and we're very competitive. And from that first team, like um, <clears throat> Greg O'Halloran, Warren Sockyu, Dave Wainhouse, Peter Hoy, me, uh, Matt Stairs was an all-world shortstop that year. It kind of changed everything. Scouts came to Canada, and then elite teams started to form where the better players would play with each other and play in front of the scouts, and it would start to grow that way. And Joey Votto appeared, and all these amazing Canadians. The Naylor brothers are, are there now, all because of the way baseball is now played here and the exposure that we give uh that the kids get now by traveling to the states and playing in tournaments and there's you know there's lots of coaches so many coaches now there's you know coaches like my like me and my brother who played major league baseball who know that if you want to play professional baseball go to college you got to be down in florida playing in front of the scouts and playing it's a good competition and we're showing we're part of the big group of people that are showing the new way to do things um <clears throat> in canada to make baseball great because uh, I believe Canadians are, we undervalue ourselves a little bit and we're kind of known as that. But when we get a chance, I mean, look at Joey Votto. The guy is unbelievable. I mean, he's one of the greatest players of all time. Larry Walker is in the Hall of Fame now. You know, it's, it's, it's the way it has come from 1988 to now. It's we could play baseball against anybody in the world and put, you know, two teams of all-star teams now together because it's grown so much. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, Canada indeed, and uh, must make you feel really great that, you know, you helped pave the way, right, for all these future stars. You continue to do that with the Butler Baseball Academy. Rob, um, you know, uh, I'd be remiss, and I know my fan, our fans would love to, to hear it uh, right from a Toronto Blue Jay. would love to hear your thoughts on what how you think the Toronto Blue Jays uh, these days, the current day Blue Jays are doing. You know, they went through a bit of a, a grow and develop um, a transition process. But yeah, we'd love to just to hear uh, your thoughts being a former Blue Jay and how you think the current Blue Jays are doing. Well, for me, because I've always loved the Blue Jays, it doesn't, it never matters if you're doing good or bad. Because I remember, we, you know, if, we, if you watched the Blue Jays back in the early 80s, I mean, you had to put up with a lot of losing, a lot of stuff going on, and all that growth that happened. Um, and the Blue Jays remind me of that so much now. Like the young players, they're characters. They're, they're, they're people that people are attaching, attaching to. But you can't wait to see them, kind of like you binge watch your favorite show. I can't wait to watch Bobichet hit and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit and Kevin Biggio hit. 
that you just you can't wait to watch these guys, and that's the exact same feeling that I had watching, you know, Willie Upshaw and Ernie Witt and Buck Martinez and all, all those guys. Tom Hankey, Tom Hankey's one of my favorite players as well. They were characters that you couldn't wait to see, and that's what they've created again. It's that excitement of, you know, this guy's going to be here for five or six years, and they're really young, and they're really talented, and they're and they play exciting baseball. You know, they're fast. They're really good on defense. They hit home runs. You know, it's 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 that same kind of feeling that it's close again. You know, they're they're a year or two two or three years away from, you know, a, a pitcher or a dependable closer from going deep into the playoffs and maybe making it to the World Series. It's it's. They need that Tom Hankey needs to come through the door because that's the guy who changed the whole thing for the Blue Jays in '85. When they got him, everything changed. Their confidence, the way they won, the way they played, because I knew they had that that guy at the end that was going to close it for them. And that's that's all the Blue Jays need. They've got good starting, young starting pitching. That Pearson kid is coming up, um, top to bottom. They've got all these young athletes with a few sprinkled in veterans. It's just a reminder of 1985 for me. It's getting close again to where it's going to be so exciting and, and stadiums going to be filled. There's going to be 4 million people watching like it was when I was there. And all is going to be well. Well, that's an outstanding scouting report there, Rob. And it's just so amazing. <laughs> no, it's amazing hearing this. I mean, you're taking me down memory lane. I think I mentioned to you earlier in the chat. I mean, I'm close to your vintage show when you're you're talking about uh, all these great players. Like you mentioned, oh, Hanky, yeah, the Terminator. Yeah, I mean you know, uh, look out, right? I mean, that was, yeah. then, then you had Wardo as well too, that ended up being the setup guy there. And, but yeah, just really insightful comments. Uh, wow. I can't believe how the time has flown on this fun father son talk, but, uh, I wanted to uh, turn the uh, last question over to my chum Ashton for, uh, our best of guest, Rob Butler. Rob, what advice do you have for young kids who want to be a professional athlete, just like you? Well, I would definitely say that there's always, there's always a hope and there's always a dream that can come true. Always there is because I lived it and I lived it because I also made it happen. You don't just lie around and say, oh yeah, I hope I can be a major leaguer. Oh, I hope and I pray. It doesn't work like that. You got to put the time in. You got to go to the gym every day. You gotta play properly. You gotta treat your friends right. You gotta treat your teammates right. You gotta listen to what your mom and dad are saying because, like me, you're gonna be looking back, going, "My goodness, they were right about everything that they ever said to me." Um, and know that's gonna be tough, and accept the fact that if it doesn't happen, it's okay. But if you do everything you can to make it happen, it should be okay. You should be be happy that you did everything you could. Uh, to try to make it and make your dream come true because it will, it'll impact everything in your life. You'll be good at anything that you do because you know the work you have to put in and the mental approach and the positiveness you have to feel in your mind every day. You can't be negative. You can't be complaining. You've got to always be you know, feeling good and, and be competitive and always be there on time. You never be late. You never miss the bus. If you miss the bus, you miss the train, you're in big trouble. And if you go down that road, it's not going to happen. So you always are on time. You always put your teammates first. You always put the job first. You, you live like that, and good things will always happen. What a championship way to end an outstanding best-of segment. Uh, that's Rob Butler, uh, former World Series champion, Toronto Blue Jay, 
And Rob, uh, just on behalf of Ashton and I, we want to thank you so much for giving us your time uh, for this milestone episode 20 segment, our, our monthly uh, episodes here on Champs and Chums. You know, everything from the opening pitch that you talked about right until um, the last call, uh, it was just outstanding. You know, I, I've um, been so admired your career and uh, the, the thing, I can see it, I can, I can feel it, I can hear it when, when you talk about it. And what I appreciate the most and what really matches up with all the great things we do here on Champs and Chums is I hear and I feel and I've seen witness of you with hustle and heart. Um, so we're so grateful. I, it's almost like I want to play two right here with this great <laughs> chat that we had here tonight. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, and I mean, you know, just like your parents said to you, uh, Ash and I want to say we embraced it. We've loved every minute of it, minute of it, and uh, I just wanted to turn it over to my chum Ashton uh, before we end the segment. Okay. Rob, thank you for coming on the show, and also uh, your '93 World Series win takes me back to 2019 when. The the Raptors won the NBA Finals that um, made basketball bigger in Canada. And when you won your World Series um, championship, that bring baseball bigger in Canada. So it all comes to Canada when uh, we're talking about the Raptors and the Blue Jays. So it's pretty awesome. It's very awesome, and thank you for being so nice to me. This was really nice, and that opening just kind of like made everything flow so nice and easy. It was you made me feel so good and so special, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Amazing, Rob Ashton. You're going to take us to break on episode twenty. This ends our father son best of segment. More father son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. It's episode 20, milestone episode 20. Happy April, everybody. We hope you're doing great. Thanks so much for listening to Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it is now time for our All Pro Go segment. And for those of you who have not come to know All Pro Go, it is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight where Ashton and I share a sport um, that we want to spotlight for you, our fans, the listeners. Um, And Ashton, you know what? Fresh off our great best of segment interview with World Series champion Toronto Blue Jay Rob Butler, I wanted to take on a different rendition of baseball. And in fact, listeners, he did talk about this uh, alternative to the traditional game of baseball. All Pro Go episode 20, we're talking Burby. Ashton, take it away. Burby is a modified game of baseball. You only need three people to play, so it is great for kids hanging out near a field with a wall in it. The outside of a public school gym, wall, or company or company field nearby are great places. To start, you need some chalk or paint, a ball, bat, and two gloves. A few objects like a gym bag, soccer ball, box, car, anything that can be used to identify a boundary is helpful. You paint the bo- a box about the size of a strike zone on a wall. Set up an of- official pitcher's mound. 
A line scratched in the sand. Then identify the boundaries for the diamond or playing area. No need for bases, as there are no actual runners. Set up four boundaries parallel to the wall at different distances. They will act as hit markers. Great job, son. That's Burby. It's a modified game of baseball. Dad's going to pick it up and take it up the field here. So Ashton, you talked about those four boundaries that were parallel to the wall, and now you have your hit markers. Everybody, that first marker is, is the pitcher's mound. It's a line through the mound and parallel to the wall, and that's called a single line, everybody. And then the ball must be hit past the single line without bouncing, or it is a foul and a strike in this case with Burby. The second hit marker, and we say it's a, it could be a piece of cardboard, it could be a gym bag or a spare glove, Ashton was saying, any of those kind of fun things. And that second marker should be about where the second base would be normally on a ball field. This, and this infield marker represents the distance the ball must be hit, without bouncing, of course, to get a double. A little further out, you start marking the triple scoring marker. And then further back from that, everybody, you'd mark out the home run line. So Ashton, this is a great rendition of baseball, isn't it? Yep, it is. Now here's the other thing. You can play with as few as three um, Burby players. And in fact, I believe Rob was saying he was playing with his brother Rich, which was just two people. Yep. So you can modify this uh, game, wonderful game of Burby, everybody. But yeah, and in, in terms of how scoring goes, the Burby box is on the wall and it acts as the strike zone for the game. And it should be about shoulder width uh, wide and the bottom at, at knee height and the top at shoulder height. So that gives you a sense of um, really what Burby is about for scoring. So, you know, everybody, the next time, you know, you see a big square and it's spray painted on the wall of a school or it's a, as Ashton say, like a company building, you'll know what it is. It's not really graffiti. It's actually Burby and Ashton. A little known fact that you may not have known about your dad. I had played Burby when I was a young kid. I did not know that. Well, just like Rob Butler, who grew up in East York. So in Scarborough, as you know, where I grew up, this used to be the game. We used to play over at Lord Roberts Public School. A lot of my old chums who are listening to this would uh, remember all those fun days we'd play Burby either Lord Roberts on a wall or actually Charles Gordon as well too right because we had some guys that could bop the ball and you know how they were saying it's hard to hit a home run in Burby yeah. it can be but I know some guys that would actually knock it right up on the school roof how wow. about that that's amazing well that is amazing and that is our all pro go you're listening to episode 20 of the champs and chums podcast father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 20 of the champs and chums podcast so glad that you're with us here in our milestone episode of our monthly broadcast it is april and thanks for tuning in to all our episodes of father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship all right this is our signature segment everybody we've done it for all 19 episodes and we're continuing to the rest of the way here we are in episode 20 and we're going to honor our champs and chums our stars on and off the field Ashton's going to select a champ. I will do the same. Ashton will select his chum for this segment, and I will do the same for this segment. 
Okay, Ashton, over to you for your champ of episode 20. My champ for episode 20 is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Great stuff, man. So you picked a baseball player in honor of our best of guest, uh, Rob Butler. Good stuff. Yep. So tell us why. Why why Vladimir Guerrero? Um, why? When he joined the Toronto Blue Jays in April 20... April 26th, 2019, I just knew he was ge- he was going to put a show on for the um, Toronto Blue Jays. Um, he bats right, he throws right, his batting average is two, uh, it's actually... 271, yeah. Yep, 271. Well, I mean, he came up to the big leagues, um, yep. you know, with much fanfare, right? He's got an immense talent. He's he's a big bopper, as it were, right, Ashton? So yeah. I can see why you've selected Vladdy Guerrero Jr. And, uh, you know, um, the, the baseball doesn't too fall, uh, baseball talent doesn't too fall too far from the tree, if you will, because, you know, obviously his father, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., was a Hall of Famer as well, too, right? So... Um, you know, Vladdy's followed in his footsteps very well, creating an own distinguished career for himself, uh, young in his career. And, uh, you know, he was born in Montreal, Quebec, right? Yep. And uh, good stuff. And, uh, we actually went to see him play. You don't you remember that? Before yep. he actually, uh, became a Blue Jay, we went to see him in Buffalo. Oh yes, I remember that. Well, those are some good stories. I hope we can get back to that, but that's Ashton's champ of episode 20 that's vladimir guerrero jr good good selection ashton well it's over to dad here for my champ and um i'm gonna i'm gonna maintain uh the uh, it in the baseball path if you will right i'm gonna take it to the field and i'm gonna uh, honor the very best of guest that we had that joined us for episode 20 that is my champ for episode 20 is rob butler from the toronto blue jays Canadian baseball hero, World Series champion. And I'll tell you why. Because Ashton, I, I mentioned to you, and it was just such a thrill to have Rob on the show because I grew up watching him, as many people did, and what he did to get make it to the big leagues. But, you know, he showed an amount, uh, a, an immense amount of talent, but hustle and heart. And that's what I so appreciated watching him play. That's Rob Butler. Um, you know, obviously he had some great accomplishments over his career. He is his first, as he talked about his first major league game, uh, June 12th, 93, his last one, July 10th, 1999, uh, had some big, uh, uh, pinch hits and some stolen bases in the world series in 93 as well, too. Um, you know, he, he just, when he got on the, um, on the base pass, Ashton, he had obviously that great energy that could really add another element out there as well too. So in addition to uh, the World Series championship, he uh, had a tremendous uh, career representing Canada, uh, starred for the Toronto Maple Leafs of the Inner County League as well too. So it's for all of those great reasons. Oh, Canada, Rob Butler, you are my champ for episode 20. Ashton, over to you for your chum of episode 20. My chum of episode 20 is my friend Jushin. What a great selection. Jushin is a longtime chum of yours. Why don't you tell uh, uh, the listeners a little bit more about Jushin and why is he your chum? Well, um, the first time I saw him was um, at my, when I went to uh, my first school, which was um, the Mayfield campus. 
um, at Roundtree. Um, you know, ever since I saw him, he was just an amazing friend. Um, he he plays uh, ice hockey, so... Um, he plays very competitively, yeah. too, eh? Yep, and he said he played with Sheldon Keith's kids. That's right. He's being yep. so competitive. He's playing with, with them up at two in Oakville, right? Yep. Um, he's just a great chum because um, what, whenever you're feeling down, you know, you can count on him. Um, he's been a, a longtime friend for probably... Almost say, as much, long as you've been born. Yeah, Ashton. probably seven years or eight. Um, so it's he's been an amazing chum to me throughout um, my whole, um, my whole, um, my whole friendship with him. Your whole life. Yep, my whole life. And what a great life that was, and it's great to have chums like Jushin. So shout out to uh, to Jushin, your chum, and and also his parents and. Uh, uh, looking forward when all of the, uh, um, you know, this pandemic is over that we can yeah. get back to doing in person. Although you've had an opportunity to Zoom with him as well, too, which has been a lot of fun. Yep. Um, we played games. Oh, yeah, and you played games, too. Um, and the connection is we both love hockey. We can, we It's like we can't stop playing it because we know we love hockey, so we just keep playing it. Because when you're dedicated to something, you don't give up. That's y right. You keep going. Well, good stuff. That's a shout-out to Jushin, your chum of episode 20. And now it's time for Dad's Chum. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, we were talking about a chum of yours for all your life. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bring back, uh, because it, and bring it into focus this month, right? Because it's a very special month for her, uh, for all of the uh, two very important ladies in my life. Shout-out to, of course, uh, my mom. Uh, who's having a birthday this month and in, in the month of April, but I uh, wanted to put a focus and a spotlight on the other special lady as well, too, that's celebrating uh, a birthday, and that's my sister, Carolyn. My sister, Carolyn's my chum for this segment of episode 20. I uh, wanted to wish her a very happy birthday. Um, you know, uh, you talk about chum, Ashton. That's a lifelong chum for me, yep. right? I mean, all She's of the... She's your sister. Well, yeah, and we've done a lot of fun things together, of course, uh, growing up. And, you know, obviously it's been a challenging time right now uh, for the pandemic. But I tell you what, um, during this time, during the pandemic, you really appreciate things a lot more. And the value of family and the value of having such a wonderful person... Um, you know, join me in this thing called life. And, uh, you know, she's always been a complimentary of me, Ashton, for sharing great advice and being good energy. But I wanted to um, turn the tables and, and recognize her. I mean, you talk about Rob Butler having heart and hustle. I see that in your Auntie Carolyn, and I've seen that for a lifetime. It's so for it's all those great reasons. Carolyn, you're my chum of episode 20. Good stuff, everybody. Well, there's one more segment left to close the show. You're listening to the Milestone episode, episode 20 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to episode 20 of Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it is now time to put a closing chapter to our Milestone episode. How are you feeling? How, what, what do you think about this great show? 
Well, I was feeling so pumped up and I am really... So many things. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Now, as I always do on all our episodes, I wanted to ask you, Ashton, what did you learn today? I learned more about Rob Butler and his championship career. Well, we sure did, right? I mean, there's a World Series champion, Ashton, we had on our show to help celebrate episode 20. And, you know, um, I want us to, to say, too, that as you listen to that interview, you can hear and feel the passion of a pro, someone who was a yeah. champion and enjoyed it. Didn't you get that feeling? Yep, I did. And uh, are, are you gonna? You're probably gonna do a little uh, extra research on on uh, Rob Butler now after that great conversation. Yep. Good also, stuff. Yeah. Also, I did not know there was two roses in the MLB. Well, there was two roses in sports, right? Yep. Right. There was a Pete Rose, and then there was a Jalen Rose. And did you know that Jalen Rose played with the Raptors? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, um, you did. Okay. And also, I did not know that you, Dad, were a Montreal Canadiens fan. Well, <laughs> I'm not, well, that was kind of breaking news on the show, I guess, that I, I did like Guy Lafleur. Now, I could like an athlete, Ashton, but I mean, I always loved the, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let, let, me, let me clear that for the record before we get any uh, emails of saying that I've changed allegiances. I'm still a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, but boy, oh boy, growing up as a kid, I loved watching uh, La Fleur, right? Guy La Fleur and, and all of the uh, um, offensive uh, talent that he showed. But yeah, you're right. You caught me on that one, didn't you? Yeah. All right, good stuff. Well, I'm glad that you learned a lot on episode 20, and we thank everyone for joining the show. It's been a great one. Who do we want to thank, Ashton, for helping out with Champs and Chumps? We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. That's right. We want to thank Power Girls, Uncle Dennis, uh, for helping us uh, build up this great show. And we also want to thank our special best of guest, Toronto Blue Jay and World Series champion Rob Butler. Ashton, why don't you share more with the listeners on where they can subscribe? You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Pod, Podbean, CastBox. Wow, that's a lot there, Ashton. And that's probably one of many, many more, right? All the yep. platforms you can listen to Champs and Chums. You can check us out on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Champs and Chums, our website, champsandchums.com. All right, Ashton, this is going to be an amazing an outstanding, an excellent milestone signature fist bump. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into our milestone episode. And Ashton, as we always say to end our show, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening. listening.